Welcome to Furniture Industry News, your go-to source for staying up to date on all the latest happenings in the furniture industry. Brought to you by FurniturePodcast.com, we'll bring you the latest news and insights so you can stay in the know on everything that's shaping the world of furniture. In today's episode, we'll cover the closure of Klausner Home Furnishings, the surprise it brought to employees, and the expected increase in import volumes at U.S. ports for the winter holidays after resolving supply chain issues. The recent news of Klausner Home Furnishings, a 60-year-old company going out of business, has sent shockwaves through the industry. With a history of sales exceeding $500 million, retailers are now left searching for alternative resources and questioning how such a successful company could falter. Originally founded as Stewart Furniture in 1963 by Stewart Love, the company made the announcement of its closure through an open letter on its website. The letter revealed that the lender was no longer willing to provide funding for the company's operations. Klausner Home Furnishings had gained recognition as an upholstery powerhouse, particularly known for its quick delivery sofa programs, which became a staple in the industry. Love's innovative approach involved shipping finished products to retailers just a week after receiving orders, allowing retailers to reduce their inventory loads. Under Love's ownership, sales reached $90 million. However, over the years, the company experienced fluctuations in sales. Furniture Today estimated that in 2020, Klausner's sales were around $270 million, a 10% decline from the previous year. In 2019, the estimated sales were $300 million, while in 2009, sales were as high as $500 million. Executive J.B. Davis played a significant role in the company's growth, having joined in 1970 and serving as president and CEO until his retirement in 2010. Love later sold Stewart Furniture to Hans Klausner in 1979, and the company was renamed Klausner Furniture seven years later. In 2001, the company expanded its product line to include case goods, introducing the Dick Idol Collection, a licensed offering featuring the renowned wildlife artist and sculptor. Klausner Furniture continued expanding through strategic acquisitions, such as Stylecraft and JDI, securing substantial floor space in major furniture retailers. The company also ventured into high-end upholstery with the Comfort Design line in 2009 and launched its Enso bedding brand a year later. Bill Wittenberg took over as president and CEO in 2010, leading a management buyout with Dave Bryant. The ownership change prompted a relocation from Ashboro to a new 90,000-square-foot showroom at 101 North Hamilton Street, situated in the heart of the Market District. Klausner then diversified its offerings once more in 2014 by entering the outdoor furniture category, but decided to exit the market during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic in 2021. The company made further expansions by entering into a licensing agreement with Trisha Yearwood in 2015, resulting in the design of a whole home collection. To date, Klausner has introduced nine collections in collaboration with Yearwood. In 2017, private investment firm Monomoy Capital Partners acquired Klausner, reassuring that the current management team would remain intact and maintain a minority equity stake in the business. Back then, the company employed over 1,800 individuals, but as of recent estimates, its total employment had decreased to approximately 1,100. Following the Monomoy investment, Terry McNew assumed the role of CEO after Bill Wittenberg transitioned to a strategic advisory role on the board of directors. 
However, last July, McNew left the position, leading to David Sobolski's appointment as CEO in August. Sobolski had previously served as the company's chief financial officer and interim CEO. Klausner Home. Furnishing sudden closure has sent shockwaves throughout the furniture industry and left its employees in disbelief. Tracy Harvey Mundy, an employee in the cutting department, revealed that a series of events last week hinted at the impending closure, contradicting the positive messages conveyed by the company. Despite recent assurances of increased working hours and positive feedback from Klausner management, Mundy and her colleagues started suspecting hidden troubles behind the scenes. Reports of repossessed forklifts, unpaid contractors, and the documentation of serial numbers for company assets fueled their concerns. These occurrences, along with fabric and material shortages, eventually led Mundy and others to realize that something was amiss. Having worked intermittently for Klausner since 1995, Mundy spoke highly of the company's accomplishments and the dedication of its employees. Even at the end of 2022, a company manager had enthusiastically expressed Klausner's strength and resilience during visits to the company's plants. However, this promising outlook has now crumbled within six months, leaving employees uncertain about their future. Mundi shared her worries as a single parent responsible for raising children, especially with the approaching start of the school year. The closure's impact on the town will be devastating as Klausner employees are deeply interconnected within the community, supporting local businesses and the economy. Mundy expressed disappointment that the employees were not given the opportunity to invest and sustain the company. While Mundy remains optimistic about rebuilding their lives, she acknowledges that recovery will take time. The closure of Klausner Home Furnishings represents a significant setback that nobody anticipated, leaving employees to navigate through a challenging period of uncertainty. According to the Global Port Tracker Report by the National Retail Federation and Hackett Associates, Import cargo volume at major container ports in the nation is expected to reach its highest level in nearly a year this month. This surge is driven by retailers stocking up for the winter holidays. The report states that port and package delivery labor negotiations, which posed a threat to the supply chain earlier this summer, have been resolved. As a result, retailers are now focused on preparing for the crucial holiday season. Jonathan Gold, the NRF's Vice President for Supply Chain, mentioned that while there are always supply challenges to be faced, holiday merchandise is flowing into the country, and a smooth shipping season is anticipated for the winter holiday shopping period. The report reveals that U.S. ports handled 1.83 million 20-foot equivalent units in June, a 5.2% decrease from May, and an 18.7% decrease from the previous year. For the first half of 2023, a total of 10.5 million TEU were handled, down 22% compared to the first half of 2022. While July numbers are not yet available, the NRF projects the month to record 1.91 million TEU, a 12.7% decline compared to the previous year. August is forecasted to reach 2.03 million TEU, down 10.2% year-over-year, but will be the first month since October 2022 to reach 2 million TEU. September is projected at 1.97 million TEU, down 3%. October at 1.99 million TEU, down 1%. 
November at 1.92 million TEU, marking an 8% increase and the first year-over-year growth since June 2022, and December also at 1.92 million TEU, up 10.7% from the previous year. If these projections hold, the total TEU for 2023 will reach 22.3 million, a 12.8% decrease from the previous year. In 2022, imports totaled 25.5 million TEU, declining by 1.2% from the record of 25.8 million TEU set in 2021. Hackett Associates notes that despite increased consumer spending and employment, dollar figures for international trade indicate a year-over-year decline in imports and cargo volume. This discrepancy is attributed to retailers depleting inventory accumulated over the past 12 to 18 months. Cargo growth is anticipated to resume once inventories are reduced. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'll see you guys at the next one and don't forget to subscribe.